Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Hey, happy Monday once again. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to episode 58 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Virginia as Jessica Perguson of Virginia Unity Connell takes home the weekly honors. Jessica went 5 for 9 with 3 home runs and 9 RBIs in her 3 games on Saturday while playing at the Commonwealth Games in Lynchburg. Great job, Jessica. Best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with former USA Softball Junior National Team member and current assistant coach with the Ole Miss Rebels, Riker Chasen. Riker got his start in the game in an unusual way, as he went online, filled out a form, and tried out for the U.S. Men's National Junior Team. He would go on to compete at the 2014 and 2016 WBSC Championships before finding his calling and turn his attention to coaching. He would get his start with South Georgia State before enrolling at LSU and having four years to learn under one of the best in Beth Torina. Riker was hired on as the assistant coach at Ole Miss this past season and had a very successful year under head coach Jamie Traxel and will definitely be looking to improve on that going into next season. We're going to talk to Riker about getting his unusual start in the game, those two WBSC World Championships, his time at LSU, and of course his current position at Ole Miss. Riker was a pleasure to chat with and I'm sure it won't be too far down the road when we'll be hearing that he takes on a head coaching position. With that being said, grab that drink, Sit back, relax, cause here we go. I got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling. Ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm. Lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that? Come on, come on. How are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Good. I, I got to tell our all of our listeners that uh, my co-host extraordinaire has now become an umpire. <laughs> <laughs> you want to mention why I became an umpire, though? Uh, yep. Because to save our league, pretty much. Yeah. Not to save it, but to make yeah. sure that we always have umpires for yeah. our league. Kudos, kudos to you, man. I, oh, thank I, you. I couldn't do it. I, yeah. And also, you... Here's another good story. He was behind the plate for me pitching last night and squeezed the shit out of me. Randy, so I was thinking about it today. <laughs> I may have squeezed you on three pitches. You pitched 190 pitches last night. Yeah, that, true. So if I squeezed you on three because I missed it, I was fucking falling asleep after a while. You were out there forever. <laughs> I was, you know what? I was thinking about this today also. Uh, like the, the Canada Games team, like yeah. they, they were in our league last year and, and, yeah. and they're younger and 
like the year before it was Colchester Royals. Yeah. A bunch of those guys. And my thing with them is I usually had success against them because they would chase me. Right. And they're becoming way more they're disciplined. They're becoming way more yeah. patient. And it proved last night when <laughs> yeah. that at bat with Rowan Sears, yeah. when it was like 45 pitches. It was 44. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. But they're, yeah. a, they're a handsome looking team, man. I'm, oh, man. I'm super excited about that, those yep. guys. Friggin' right. Because that's our feeder system, too. Absolutely. The senior team in East Hands. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm very uh, proud of all of them. I think uh, I think some the teams that can the games next year better be looking out for Team Nova Scotia. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you're right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, what else? We we had. Well, I did want to say uh, I can tell you one thing. I have a, a much larger appreciation for umpiring yes. now that I've done it. Uh, it's a total different view, of course. Well, I've catcher would see it all the time, but yeah. for me, standing back there, it's it's pretty awesome. It makes me yeah. like it even more. Yeah, the umpire and the game itself because. Your ball actually spun a couple times. Out of your 196 pitches, four of them went up. It moved. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. It's yeah. uh, I, I really enjoy that. Not to mention you get to chat with everyone, too, yeah. when they're coming up to play. I mean, I do know everyone there anyway, yeah. but... Well, I had to laugh. Awesome. I had to laugh after the game when he said to Mark about uh, Mark, you're actually not a bad catcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he protected me a lot. <laughs> yeah, true enough. Yeah, no, I gave him kudos for sure. Yeah. After yeah. Butsy was giving him shit, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freaking Butsy. He's Listen, a I'm gonna tell you something too. You did a great job last night. Uh, I. <laughs> the outcome of the game. I mean, we you you guys lost. I say we, but you yeah. guys lost. But uh, there were some errors that cost you the loss, and you pitched very well. I still threw a lot of pitches, though. You did throw a lot of pitches, and. I mean, but those kids fought them off, man. They were yeah, good. True enough. Yep. Oh, well. To the next game, Thursday. Yes. Sir. <laughs> All by yourself, double. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, what else on the go? We have the Olympics coming up. Yeah, starts tomorrow. St- well, today. Or, sorry, yeah, today. Uh, Mexico. We're recording. Canada. It's the 20th of July. So the early morning of tomorrow, Canada and Mexico are starting. 3 a.m. our time. 3 a.m. our time. And yeah. then, then they have the U.S. at uh, 9. I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to watching these Olympics. Yeah, me too. It's exciting. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah, and and, and guest of the show, Mark yes. Smith, is the head coach of that team. And yeah. And Pretty sick. Guests. A lot and of guests. guests. A lot of show. guests of the show. Yeah. Not like not not just Canadian team. Like mm. Kat Osterman from the U.S., Erica Piancastelli from, from Team Italy, Stacey Porter from Australia. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, I mean, there's yeah. a there's a lot of uh, a lot of individuals that, you know, I, I hope success, but of course, we want Canada yeah. to win. Yeah, of course we do, but we're cheering for everyone, of yep. course. Yep. And good luck no, to no. all you guys, ladies. Absolutely. So very lucky that they get to be able to play in this. I, I know. Wish, I wish the men's could play, or the men could play in this as well. Yeah. But it kind of sucks that it's owed again in four years like yeah well, that's fucked up but they're bringing in like hip-hop or something yeah, break or, dancing what the fuck <laughs> not nothing against i mean that's a, a specific skill that's very very difficult to yeah. master of course but olympics yeah like come on man i know it's, it's because of well where it's bum darts in there it's, or something it's hosted in france yeah so i mean their softball program isn't exactly they're not known for their softball program but i mean <laughs> but they've been playing at the at the women's worlds, like the last for many few. years. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. I mean, why, why can't they, you know, they have four more years to yeah, build throw, a program. Throw a team, so, build a program. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, get Elsie over there coaching. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Elsie get over there. <laughs> but, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be back in 2028 in LA. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. It's a sin. Yeah. Anyway. It, it definitely is. Yeah. And speaking of women, we get the guest that's, a coach in the NCAA. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, assistant coach with Ole Miss. We have uh, Riker Chasen on the on the podcast today. I really want to ask where their name Riker comes from. Yeah, you can go ahead. 
Okay, I will then. <laughs> Don't fucking threaten me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he part of the USA Men's uh, National Junior Program for for two uh, championships there, yeah. and, and part of the uh, forty man pool. So uh, that's pretty cool. So yeah, we'll get his thoughts on the whole USA program and and of course everything NCAA. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Me as well, my friend. All right. I'd also like to mention a big thank you and shout out to Timmy Eisner, All who right. has come on board to uh, help support our Outside of the Shoot podcast for the year. Huge. Um, you'll hear his advertisement, I'm sure, yeah. before we even spoke. I well, guess you, you, you already would have heard it. <laughs> yeah, you but, heard uh, it. You heard it. Yeah, I got to thank Timmy. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's huge for us. I mean, keeps us going. And Timmy's a big softball mind too. Yeah. I mean, he's followed us all around the country playing and uh, he loves the sport. Absolutely. I'll never forget after winning the nationals, we went out to uh, the beer garden and there was a picnic table with a pyramid of beer on it <laughs> from Tim Eisner. Man, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks yeah. Tim. We thanks really Tim. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, let's get to Riker. All right. All right Sounds man. good. Yo. All right, here we go. Riker, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, pal. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. What's uh, What's been on the go since the season ended? Oh, recruiting, man. Recruiting, recruiting. It's like our, our lifeline. We have um, been all over the place just trying to get out and see people, you know, after year one and having a good season, just trying to get out and see a bunch of athletes and coaches and let everybody see us and, you know, just start it off right. Right That's on. Cool. How's that process going? Great. Great. You know, we've all been all in different parts of the country. Um, Jamie heavy, um, probably in the Midwest and Texas and then myself heavy in Georgia, Florida area, more my area and Katie getting out to the West coast a lot. So trying to cover a lot of ground and I see a lot of kids. Now, are these, uh, are these kids that you're looking for, for like down the, down the road further and like not, not next season or are you looking Uh, for kids? much have uh, a couple classes of kids so just trying to see some some younger kids um you know on down the line to try to recruit right on what would the youngest age be that you would be looking at um so right now we're kind of out looking you know at 2023s and 2024s um you know that 2023 class would be a rising right. junior eight to be able to actually recruit them and talk to them in september 1st when they change that rule so okay. um September 1st will be our day that we can kind of be in contact with them and start recruiting them. So trying to make sure we have a good list of, of those kids who we want to talk to and recruit when that time comes. That's awesome. Right on. Uh, yeah. little thing we'd like to start the podcast off with here. Uh, we call it quick pitches. We're going to, okay. we're going to throw uh, 10 random questions at you and you, oh gosh. <laughs> you answer them as best you can. I will tell you the record. A lot of times they are garbage questions <laughs> and it's all Randy that chooses them. I don't choose any of them. <laughs> Oh, All right, I'll, I'll start you off. Here we go. Biggest thing you miss at LSU? Biggest thing I miss about it? Yeah. Uh, gosh, my people. Uh, you know, those people were, were just my people. Um, I spent four years there under them, you know, under Beth and with Lindsay and, and Dobby and even the managers and GAs that I was there with and Quinn being off. Just my people, for sure. Right on. Uh, best place you traveled for ball? Oh, probably when I was playing between when I was playing and helping out with team USA, when I was playing in 2014, we went to Whitehorse, Canada. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, probably one of the most beautiful I've ever been and played. And then when we went to, I uh, went and got to go to Tokyo 
Sendai and Fukushima with the women's national team to Japan. That was a, a pretty cool trip too. <laughs> yeah, nice. it would be. That definitely would be. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, most memorable moment you've had in the game so far? Oh, wow. This is a big one. I'm going to go with two here. One, uh, going to the Women's College World Series in 2017 with LSU. Uh, just a, just an unforgettable experience. And then probably uh, in 2016, beating Australia um, in extra innings to to be in the gold medal round uh, when I was on the junior team. Oh, wow. Oh, man, that's awesome. That would be, yeah. that would be a good, good moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you're stuck on a deserted island, what's the one thing you need? Uh, um, water, I guess, right? Yeah, water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to survive, I guess, yeah. Pol- politically <laughs> correct <laughs> answers. Yes. <laughs> uh, biggest sports idol growing up? Biggest what? I'm sorry. Uh, sports idol. Oh, wow. I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. Still am. Damn. Um, yeah. I played basketball growing up. It was very um, short-lived. <laughs> uh, but I just was a huge Michael Jordan fan. And when he came out with that documentary that just came out on Netflix over the COVID, I was just, God, mesmerized. Yeah. He's just an amazing athlete. That documentary was amazing. Oh, yeah, totally. Loved it. Uh, best thing about Ole Miss? Oxford. <laughs> And, you know, just in general, um, it's just a, it's a great place, man. This place exists because of, you know, it like Oxford exists because of Ole Miss and just the people here and the amount of support and just how beautiful this place is and how great the people are. I've just, I really, really loved it. So my favorite thing about Ole Miss is as it being in Oxford, it's just a really cute, quaint little place. I really enjoyed it. Right on. Uh, if you had one meal for a whole week, what is it? Man, it's just what I grew up on. It's it's meat and potatoes, a steak and a baked potato. Yeah. <laughs> can't go wrong with that. No. <laughs> I was raised a South Georgia, North Florida boy, so you just can't take them out of there sometimes. You gotcha. Know? Right on. <laughs> uh, if you could travel to any place on earth, where would you go? Mm, I really want to go to Iceland. And just see the wide open just spaces. I just that would really probably mesmerize me if I could just go for a week, no phone, no outside communication. Right on. Well, even if you had a phone, you're not gonna be able to use it. True. <laughs> 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 uh two more. If you could invite three people to dinner, living or dead, who would you invite? Mm. Oprah Winfrey. Top of my list. I just think she's uh, amazing. Love a lot of the the stuff that she puts out. I uh, got to go with Michael Jordan just because I'd be mesmerized uh, by him as an athlete. Um, number three is probably going to be my grandfather. Uh, he's uh, passed away now, but uh, he passed away when I was young, but probably like the biggest person in my life up until that point. So I'd love to sit down with him and those two at dinner all together. Oh, that's awesome. Man. Right on. Last one. Best Ole Miss uniform color combination. You got to go with the powder blue, right? Absolutely. <laughs> the pinstripes. I tell people all the time, I'm like, Ole Miss is, um, it's America's colors, red, white, and blue, but with a little bit of spice, a little bit of powder blue. There you go. Man, <laughs> that, 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 that powder blue stripe uniform is, is amazing. Yeah, we got some we got some new stuff coming too. So keep your eyes on the look. Oh, we'll do. I do have one question though. I'm going to add to the quick pitches. Yeah. Your okay. what is your favorite stadium that you've played in NCAA wise that you've coached in? Oh, 
I, I ask because I, I watch a lot of BTN, uh, so the Big Ten Network, and that's all I get yep. from home. And the stadiums look just incredible. Yeah, uh, I I think that Texas A and M, the new one that they just built, is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I am biased. Obviously, I love Tiger Park, um, mm. and, and I'm biased. So to that, but Texas A&M, they just did it right when they built that brand new stadium. So also keep your eyes on the look for us and what we got coming there in that facet. We got some, some stuff coming. So we were really excited about oh, So I'm hoping sooner or later, I'll be able to tell you that it's ours. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet. Nice. It's cool. Well, I, th- I think after this year's, you know, the success at the women's college world series and all the ratings that they had, I mean, it's, and after the super regionals and, and the crowds they had, I think it's, I think everybody's got to, you know, up their game as far as stadiums go and, and accommodating seats. Like step up to the plate. Have, yeah. <laughs> have to, man. It's just, it's growing and everybody wants to watch and be a part. We have great support here in Oxford from just the, the fans and people in the town. And then also our administration has been extremely supportive, you know, and in, in what we're trying to do here. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, and I'm sure that helps with recruiting as well when you have a really damn nice stadium for kids to come and play in. Kids, kids love that stuff, man. Yeah, and everybody, sure. great thing, you know. You want to, you want that as a coach. You want that as a player. You want, you know, nice new next level stuff. And so, you know, you got to fight for it. And and our administration, they've been great about it. And we got, we've been doing up some renderings and drawing up some plans and having some meetings. So we definitely got some stuff coming our way soon. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Looking forward Excellent. to it. Yeah. Uh, so with every guest on here, we, uh, you know, we start, start off with, uh, tell us about, you know, growing up, getting your start in the game. Now you started in baseball, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up, I actually grew up uh, like a multi-sport athlete. So my dad, uh, big athlete played, uh, football. Um, and so that was just kind of like an expectation in our household. I have two older sisters. Um, so actually when I was, when I was born, uh, my dad was our high school softball coach. So, um, I just grew up around it. I grew up around softball. My dad coached high school team, like I said, and then as soon as my sisters could start playing T-ball, they did and transition into, um, into softball. And then same for me, like grew up, played basketball, soccer, baseball, um, kind of did it all. And then, and then just transitioned into just, um, baseball, probably around just after 10, you know, 10, 12, somewhere in there. Um, and then I was just playing baseball, but I was always around. So my sisters started playing when my sister started playing, my dad actually transitioned into coaching them, um, in like rec and, and travel ball and, and got out of the high school softball realm. But, um, he just, I was always around it. And I was, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I was that annoying little brother at the back of the dugout, just whipping arm circles in there, trying to figure it out. Trying to mock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome team. Um, and then I would like throw to my sisters and my dad literally told me one time, he's like, I need you to teach your sister how to pitch. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't go too well. She didn't want to listen to me and she was not a pitcher. Um, (laughs) but yeah, so I was just always around it, but I was still playing baseball the whole time, you know, and, and doing that. And so I'd gotten into high school and it was just, uh, extremely curious about men's fast pitch. And so I actually just kind of went online, was researching a little bit and talking with my dad about it. And we actually just, uh, Tim Lyon, who is, that was the head coach of my uh, junior team at the time. I'd filled out kind of like a form online that they had, you know, sent me and just filled out some information about myself. And they had kind of given me a call and I kind of got involved in the process. So 
uh, there was a guy in my hometown. He had coached uh, my sister. So he kind of started helping me, you know, took some video of me, did some things with me and sent it in. And, and I got an invite um, to come to like a camp, uh, tryout camp they were having. So um, that would have been my sophomore year of high school. Uh, it's like 2012. And then I transitioned into January of 2013. I flew to Chula Vista, California to the Olympic Training Center, which was mind-boggling like never seen anything like that it was awesome um flew out there and we had our, our first tryout camps about 40 kids there um and i just turned 15 and i had i had not played you know competitive softball with other guys um i would always jump in with my sisters and stuff and that kind of thing but i'd not played myself and i'd, I'd not seen guys play softball because i just didn't grow up around it like that so um had a really good tryout really good camp kind of developed a relationship with the coaches and, and started my process of like my own development and I wound up, that was January 2013, I wound up being named to the um, the junior men's national team roster at the end of that following summer. So the end of the summer of 2013, I went and played that whole summer uh, counting materials on a counting materials team and uh, played that whole summer, got named to the team and then competed with them in 2014. And I was, I was young enough at the time. When we competed in 2014, I was 17. And then we competed in 2016. Again, I was 19. So I got to go two cycles. So was on the junior team all the way through uh, for four years. I guess. Wow, that's, that's lucky. That's, that's crazy. So you know, you know the fact that you went there without actually playing a game. Yeah, like that's yeah. Uh, that's really unheard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was at the time too. They were like, "So you've never played softball?" I was like, "No, sir." I just said <laughs> no. Like I and I was not probably when I showed up. I was not good enough. The one thing I did was throw hard. Mm. So they were all like, kind of like where did this kid come from? Like lighting up a radar gun. And I was like, they're like, where did you come from? I was like, Oh, I'm from like Grand Ridge, Florida. They're like, no, like where the hell did you come from? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I still joke about it with my old uh, junior coach, coach line. And, uh, but it was, uh, they took a chance on me, man. No doubt. They took a chance on me. I was very raw, undeveloped, uh, did not know a lot about playing the game at that point. And I just dove in, I uh, put a lot of time and effort into my own development and, and got a lot better really fast. And I think from that January of 2013 to the end of that summer, August 2013, I got a lot better. And that's what they seen and decided to take a chance on me. And I, I threw behind another guy, uh, Phil Zimmerman. He was a, a great pitcher. Uh, he was on that 2014 team with me. So I didn't see a, as much time then, but seen a lot more time in 2016 and just got a lot better through my course of being with the, the junior national team program. Right on. So how, how was your time with County Material? I, I never knew you actually played with them. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, so that was, uh, we actually had two teams and it was like a red and a black. So I played, that was my first summer with them in 2013. Um, and it was a lot of just young guys who they were basically, they were taking the guys who didn't have a team already or, you know, had not like myself, not played softball and kind of filtering the, them in these two teams. And so um, I got to play with a lot of guys who are still, I'm really good friends with today. Um, so it was awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. And then I, I would say just about, uh, there was a roster of what 17 on the junior team, probably 12 or 13 of us had already played together on that kind of materials team. So wow. it was really nice. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Um, so 2014 <laughs> WBSE, uh, world juniors in Whitehorse. How, yep. how special was that first one for you? Oh man. Unlike anything I'd ever seen just from the moment of, of opening ceremonies and, and just seeing all of the cultural differences and people from all over the world. Like I, I'd never been exposed to anything like that. I mean, I grew up in small town America, a little place called Grand Ridge, Florida, population 800, like on a dirt road, like out of, straight <laughs> out of nowhere. So, like 
I had never seen anything like that. I'd actually never been on a plane until, uh, you know, I flew out to California for the very first time, you know, for a tryout. So just extremely like had no clue about that world and going up there in 2014, we actually did a whole West coast tour. So we, um, flew into Southern California and, um, played there and then bust up the whole West coast. So we did, uh, you know, uh, Southern California, Northern California, hit Oregon, Washington, um, and went all the way up to Seattle and flew out of Seattle into Vancouver, played some practice games and then Vancouver up into Whitehorse. So we were on tour for probably three weeks. Wow. Um, and it, but it was just an awesome experience, man. Unlike anything else to, to bust the West coast like that and see all of that. And, um, you know, we actually stopped at Oregon and like toured the campus with Mike White, which was awesome and got to see Washington's campus and then go up there and play and, and see all those guys like and just to compete against guys your own age from all over the world, you know, who had played softballs from some of them from the time they were eight years old to to where I was at then. It was just a really, really cool experience. Yeah, no doubt. Now, I, I want to ask about the uh, what you think about the, the weather up in Whitehorse with, the, you know, always being light out. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. And it was still cold. Like it was July and there was still snow up on the mountains. Like I was in the jacket most of the time. Um, I, although I played on that team, I was just about the only Southern boy. I think there was one other kid from Texas who was an alternate at the time, but um, they were all West Coast Cali kids or, you know, Midwest, Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, Michigan kind of kids. So they were all pretty used to that. I myself was not. So um, the the climate and the cold was one thing. And then it being light out was just weird. It took a little while to get acclimated. Yeah. Any of the any of the guys that, uh, you know, played in the that we've had on here that played in the in the men's worlds because they were in Whitehorse as well. They said, you know, like being in the hotel, they had to have those the big curtains were turned well, lights all out pretty much. So, uh, you know, to try and get some sleep anyway. <laughs> yeah. You black it out, man. It was like, we kept the curtain shut. Uh, my roommate at the time was, uh, Colin Hawkins. He coaches at uh, Western Illinois now that whole trip and, uh, great, great friend of mine still. And we kept those curtains shut the whole time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much have to. So how, how did yeah. the, uh, how'd the competition go? Um, in 2014. Yeah. Good. I mean, we, we had won some games early, put ourselves in a really good spot and, uh, it was Australia then too. So, uh, we were playing, we played Australia and if we win that game, we would have went into the medal rounds for the top four. And, uh, we got our teeth kicked in. <laughs> we had played really well up until that point. Um, and like I said, the guy who threw in front of me, um, Phil Zimmerman, um, he started that game had a rough start and they they scored quite a few runs early five or six runs early and then i came in kind of tried to stop the bleeding they scored another couple runs off me it's probably one of my better games that i threw there i think they scored two runs early and i threw about three scoreless innings after that but we lost eight tonight so just a, a really tough game for us and was not indicative of the way that we had played um we had just beat japan the game before that in a two to one ball game in extras and we had just played really well um, but had a bad game and then just kind of fell off for us. I think, you know, as cool as it was to be on tour for three weeks, it kind of started to take a little bit of a toll on us uh, mentally and physically. And, and we just didn't finish it out the way I thought we would, what could have. Yeah. So going into 2016 world juniors, uh, it was on, on home soil, Midland, Michigan. Uh, Absolutely. first, how awesome was that to be able to, you know, to play in front of your home crowd for such a big event? 
man, so cool. My whole entire family was there. So in 2014, it was just my dad and my stepmom that got to go with me. But in 2016, I mean, I must have had a, a fan section of like 30 people just that were all my family there, um, which was just really cool for me, you know, for them to get to see me compete and, and finish my, you know, junior team like time and career there uh, was really cool. And just, we had a ton of fans and a ton of support. Um, and it was just something that we talked about, you know, how important that was to us to be on our home soil for the first time since I think it was the eighties. Um, first time that we had been on our home soil as a junior program and, and how cool that was. And it was just a great experience. We had a ton of support. Yeah. So like, what was the mindset going into it? You know, especially since you, you've already had one tournament under your belt. Yeah. Um, God, I think looking back, man, I wish I probably wouldn't have put as much pressure on myself as I did. Um, you know, I like coming in early in my first time around on the junior team was very like low expectation, uh, just very just early, just kind of getting my feet under me and trying to figure it out, you know, and then going into 2016, like I was the guy, like I was one of the veterans, like, you know, I, I dealt with a lot of our team culture on the team and was somebody who threw a lot for us. And, and leading up to that tournament, I was probably the best I'd ever been. Uh, we had gotten a new pitching coach on the team, Tyron McKinney, uh, he helped me out a lot, just bought into like who I was as a pitcher. Cause I probably wasn't your traditional looking men's fast pitch kind of guy. You know, I learned from the women. He had had a lot of experience with women. And so he just bought into who I was, didn't really try to change me too much. Kind of let me do my thing, help me develop some weapons that I didn't have earlier, you know, 2014 and such. So I just felt really good going into it and throwing. And, um, you know, we, we played well early, uh, had a couple good games. I started that Australia game that we actually won and threw through five innings, giving up one hit there and then had our closer come in and finish it and just really well. And again, we were in another really good spot to send ourselves into the medal rounds and, um, probably best I've ever felt, uh, you know, we, we beat Australia. We're going to play Japan the next day. I get the ball. And I'm like warming up and I'm feeling good and I'm going for it. And I get in there and it just was like, not my game, man. Like I couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Couldn't find the zone was struggling, getting hit a little bit. And they scored some runs early and we wind up losing that game and turning right around the next day and losing to Canada and being eliminated. You know, like mm. you're from, Hey, we win one ball game and we're going, you know, to compete for a medal to like, Hey, we lose two games right now and we're out and we're done. And so I think that was devastating because we were all just feeling we're feeling really good as a group, feeling good about, you know, my own stuff and where I was at, feeling good about where our team was at. We just competed our ass off, you know, to beat Australia in some extra innings and actually had a, a benches clearing brawl. I don't know if you guys remember that, but the, the dugouts cleared and benches cleared and we went after each other at home plate over a little debacle. Uh, their catcher kind of stood on one of our guys hands and wouldn't get off kind of just being a dick about it. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember who the catcher was? One of our coaches got ejected. One of our players got ejected and we just got super fired up. And just to pull out that win, you know, we were in a really good spot about how we felt and, and going into Japan the next day. And we just, you know, we, we struggled, couldn't get it done. And, and we, I think we kind of let that roll over into the next day against Canada and boom, it was over with, which was, uh, it was hard. That was really, really hard. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think Hobie just asked, do you remember who the catcher was? Oh God. He had long hair. I remember that. He had like the little like long hair. I don't know who it is off the top of my head. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to try and find some footage of that. Cause I, I you know what? I, I faintly remember that, but uh, I'm, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I have a little video of it. I'd be willing to share it. With oh yeah, you. absolutely. Um, 
Bryce Ducharme was who had slid in home play. He's from Wisconsin area. He, I played with him in 2014 and 2016 as well. But uh, I think Derek uh, had gotten a hit and uh, he's like a double in the gap. And Bryce was the the go ahead run and he slid in a home plate and like kind of uh, sideswiped it. And the guy just didn't even have the ball step right on his hand, wouldn't get up. And Bryce was like trying to push him off. And, uh, you know, we, the, one of our guys shoved him and the other guy comes out and then the bench is clear and people start going, Hey, shoot, this is not good with my water. Um, uh, the, somebody starts throwing haymakers and somebody gets punched in the back of the head and it just turned into, turned into something that it probably shouldn't have been, but we were just trying to get him, you know, protect one of our guys, get him off of his hand and, and not have him injured. But, uh, it was, uh, it was crazy. Yeah, no doubt. Now, like you said, you guys had a fifth place, fifth, dude, let's get it out. <laughs> fifth place finish, uh, probably disappointing at the time, but I mean, looking yeah. back on it now, I mean, that had to be one of the special moments for you, in, you know, in your ball career. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, you know, we, we finished fifth place in 2014 as well. And we just felt like going into 2016, we actually had five guys. That was the most they had ever had that got to go double cycle. <clears throat> five guys from that 2014 team that were going to play again in 2016 just felt really good about where our team was at, how bought in we had some of the younger guys because of how bought in the five of us were, you know, to the program. And we just felt like we were even more talented. Uh, We had uh, better pitching, you know, I was a better pitcher and then Derek, you know, had joined us. And so we just, we felt really good about where we're at as a team. And, um, I think we were just a little disappointed with that. You know, fifth place is cool, but we, we our biggest goal was to compete for a gold medal, and we feel like we just fell short of that. Yeah, yeah no doubt. So was it around this time that, you know, you got into coaching in South Georgia State, or had that already begun? Yeah, so I actually, um, when I was on the junior team the first time around, um, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but we had visited Oregon um, with Mike White on that, on that tour, like I talked about, and he kind of started asking, you know, our junior team coaches like, Hey, would any of these guys want to be like student managers, come help out, throw BP, learn about coaching, learn more about softball. Um, and so they kind of asked us, um, and I was just like, I cannot go across the country to Oregon. <laughs> like I was, just, even if it's Mike White asking you, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I didn't know that much about him at first, you know, knowing him now, I'm like, God, you probably might have should have took that opportunity, but I wound up in a great place regardless. Mm. But um, he just, I was just, that's just too far for me, just where I was at in that point in my life and being just a small town kid still. And so we actually had a couple guys go. Um, Anthony Oresco, he he tried out on that team with us, but he he didn't wind up making that trip. And uh, Christian Conrad, he also tried out on that team and he wound up going there. So he had gotten a couple guys to go there, um, but he had kind of wanted to entertain all of us coming there. And so I just kind of started asking, I'm like, is this a thing at other schools, you know, too, or is this just Oregon? Like, I didn't know. So I kind of reached out to some other schools, um, you know, talked quite a bit with Travis Wilson over at Florida State, um, who played on the New Zealand side, men's game, great player. Yep. And then kind of reached out to you know Alabama, talked to Patrick Murphy a little bit, talked with Beth a little bit. Well, actually, Howard Dobson, um, who was at LSU, I talked with him a little bit just because he was coaching the women's team at the time. So we he had seen me throw a little bit on the junior team and I'd been around him a little bit. He was on the women's side. So um I think that's when I realized I wanted to give it an opportunity, but I just was so invested in my own training, you know, finishing up there. And I had a guy who I was working with down in South Georgia pitching wise. And so our local junior college there, South Georgia State College, I had known her, the coach, Nikki Levering for a little while. And she offered me a spot. She's like, hey, you know, you can come. I know it'll just be a year. You can come. You can stay here, finish your training. 
um, you know, and, and I'll offer you a spot coaching our kids. And so I went in, I just graduated high school. I was, you know, 18 and the girls on the team were 19 and 20 years old. And <laughs> knew I was in and at first she was in there with me. Next thing I knew I was in every single bullpen by myself and, and calling every pitch of every game. And I was 18. So, which was really cool. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. She kind of threw me right in the fire and I figured out how to not, how to not burn. So, um, but that, I graduated in 2015 and then started at South Georgia in the fall of 2015. And then, you know, was with them in the spring of 2016 and then competed in the WBSC in, in 2016, right after. So, um, my interaction with LSU started in the, the fall of 2015 when I was at South Georgia, um, coach Dobson had reached out to me and talked with me a little bit. And, uh, then Beth called me and she's like, Hey, we'd like to bring you on campus and show you around. And, um, man, they, they did the full court press. I got there and they rolled out the red carpet. They took me to a basketball game on Friday night and took me to dinner, showed me around the whole campus on a golf cart on Saturday, took me to a football game on Saturday night, ate breakfast with the coaches on Sunday before we left. Like it was just like, I was being recruited as a student athlete to go yeah. like, Girl, That's play there, you know? And it was awesome. And they're just super family environment. Beth, um, she has three young girls, um, but she had just had Tinley, the youngest one around the time I had gotten there. So she was still a young child. And I just, I love the family atmosphere. I grew up in a really big family, like I said, small town. And so that just made me feel really comfortable. And my parents felt really comfortable, you know, being there with her and stuff. And so I decided, I decided that fall um, that I was gonna, that I was gonna go there. So I finished out the year at South Georgia um, and then I finished out the summer playing with Team USA and then rolled in in the fall of 2016 at LSU. That's awesome. So it's fun, actually. Yeah. So how cool was it being around that environment every day? It sounds like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Riker's you know, story. They, they recruit you and it's all glamorous, right? That's recruiting. And then you get there. But no, it was it was still glamorous when I got there. I, I loved every day of it. Uh, those people are my family. You know, Beth, yeah. I tell people. Um, she's like my best friend, my mother, my mentor, all wrapped into one. Um, you know, she took a, a young kid who, again, I, I played now, you know, I'd been on duty for four years. So I knew a lot about the team and the softball, but I didn't know a lot about the college world. You know, I didn't know a lot about coaching. I had spent a year coaching, but I was at a junior college and it's just a whole different level. So it was extremely eye opening, you know, to move to Baton Rouge and leave my hometown of 800 and move to Baton Rouge, which is 250,000 people, mm-hmm. um, you know, live on my own for the first time and and do some things like that were super good for me just to get out and get out of my comfort zone a little bit and grow. And Beth just took me in under her wing. And I think people ask me all the time, they're like, how did you guys get so close? Like, how did she trust you so much? I was like, I kind of just hopped in the bullpen with her and never left. (laughs) So (laughs) it got to the point where like, I was right up next to her. And then when I wouldn't be there, she'd be like, where's Riker? So we got really, really close. And she just is someone, like I said, she's like three wrapped into one for me and someone that I could go to about my life or softball or, or anything. And we still talk all the time, you know, we're, we're SEC foes now, but she's still a, a great friend and mentor to me, and we talk all the time. So what were all your duties with LSU? Yeah, so uh, as a student manager, you can't technically coach. So obviously I couldn't, like, coach the girls, um, but it was everything, man. You're like, as a manager, like, that's why I try to get really good people because, you know, it's not always easy to find great help, but it's just – it's not always a glamorous job. Mm. Uh, but it's a very rewarding one and a fun one. So my biggest thing, I threw a ton of BP. Um, you know, it's, I became a better pitcher. I wish I could have like went back and played on juniors after like my first year at LSU. Cause I became a better pitcher, like throwing BP, just 
spun the ball better, learned how to throw like five changeups, and you have to mock every pitcher in the SEC. So you get comfortable doing all kinds of stuff. Um, but threw a ton of BP, caught some bullpen, you know, you got to do the laundry. So I'm up there scrubbing white laundry, trying to get it clean. And we help out with equipment and operation stuff. And then I just got to be in the bullpen a ton with her. So if I wasn't, if I wasn't throwing BP, I was in the bullpen with her, either catching somebody or sitting next to her or picking her brain. And we just bounced a ton of ideas off of each other. And, and then I kind of implemented that. I started doing lessons there. Um, and I started out as a, when I was a freshman there. Well, technically sophomore, but first year at LSU there in 2016, started doing them with Beth at a, at a facility that she'd done them at. And then I kind of just took off for me, man. I wound up having like 30 kids a week that I was doing and just applying all the stuff that I was learning from her on these young kids and, and trying out stuff and doing stuff of my own. And, um, yeah, just, just learned so much from her and she grew me a ton, not only as a, as a coach, but as a person as well. Right on night early on, you, uh, you mentioned going to the women's college world series in 2017. Yeah. How, how special is that environment in OKC? It's unlike anything you've ever experienced, man. Like it just sit, it sits at the top of my list still to this day, just to walk in there, mm-hmm. like just walk in there to practice on the first day. And then when you walk into that game environment, it is, I mean, you, I don't know how you can replicate that, but you could turn every speaker on in your stadium now at full blast and try to practice. And you still, I still don't think you could replicate that just the feeling and the nerves and the excitement and the crowd and the loud, like it just was crazy, man. And to be a part of that with people who, you know, were just like my family, it just was, it was awesome. Frank, no doubt. I mean, like I, I mentioned this past women's college world series mm-hmm. and you know, we, we talked, well, I've yeah. talked about it on here. I mean, we've talked we've about talked it, about it yeah. and <clears throat> you know, watching those games this year and just, you know, they added that upper deck and that just only added to the the whole atmosphere there. So yes, I can yeah. only imagine what it's like now. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm trying to find out. So I'll let you know when we go back. When yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got a actual personal question from uh, your time at LSU. How, sure. how, just how good is Aliyah Andrews in the outfield? Oh my God. She's ridiculous, man. And she's been that way since like ever. So I came in with that class. So her, her first year was 2017. Um, you know, cause she technically should have graduated in the COVID year mm-hmm. in 2020. Um, but she stayed in extra season eligibility, but I came in with those kids. So those were like, those are like my girls. Like that was a class I came in with. I felt like a part of them. Um, and even as a freshman, man, just, just could track anything in the outfield, probably a little more raw when she got there, you know, as far as like, yeah, of course, her always been super fast and just fearless, absolutely fearless. And I mean, it'd be sometimes Beth would have to back her off in practice. She's like, okay, Leah, we know you can catch that ball. I don't need you to like dive and <laughs> through the wall. <laughs> yeah. So back off today, maybe don't dive headfirst into the fence, but <laughs> it's just cool, you know, to see her. And, you know, she was knocking on the door of being an all American all four years that she was there. Probably the, the, the side that struggled a little bit was her offense on her defense. And to see her obtain that this year and what she done, I'm just so proud of her. I, I love that kid. Fantastic. Yeah. I think, I think if there's, somebody that's going to benefit from the the new nil rule in the NCAA. I think Aaliyah could be one of the, one of those people. Dude, she saw like selling her own merchandise. I was like, I, I, I was like, I'm going to buy some of this. <laughs> well, <laughs> Air, Aaliyah, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's just freaking awesome. It's awesome. So how did the job at Ole Miss come about? Yeah. 
So uh, obviously I was at LSU, um, you know, I was there for four years and, and under Beth and those guys. And I actually, in my time at LSU, I coached uh, Georgia Impact, which is a, a big club ball organization out of Atlanta with uh, Patrick Lewis. So he came and worked one of our camps and um, I kind of hooked up with him. He seen me throw and so he wanted me to come out and throw to his kids. And I did. And then I just kind of worked my way into a position with them. So I was with them for uh, the summer of 17, 18 and 19 um, and then I would have been them with them in the summer of 2020, but I took the job. But um, so he was I coached for with them for the four, three years. And um, he actually had offered me a full time position to kind of come and run that club. Hmm. So I thought that's what I was going to do. Um, you know, we won the national championship, PGF national championship in 2018. Um, and then we competed in the national championship loss, one to nothing in the summer of 2019. So, I mean, they send 15 kids, to the sec and power five every year. Like they're ridiculously good. Wow. And, um, so I was with them and he had offered me a position to come and run that club and, and live in Atlanta close enough to home and stuff. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. So that's what I thought I was doing. Um, I'd plan, I'd taken that job in December and I was doing it. And then, you know, obviously COVID hit, um, and, what was that? February, March? I can't even remember. March, yeah. Um, it's hard to remember. <laughs> yeah. So March of 2020, COVID hits and, and that changes things, right? You know, is is travel ball going to be a thing? Like what is going to happen? And so just that kind of opened some things back up for me. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And then I was thinking about, you know, going and, and finishing my grad degree, going back to LSU, had a couple other opportunities. So uh, Beth called me one day and she's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I know I want to coach. I just, you know, travel ball thing makes me a little nervous with COVID and whatever. And so she's like, I've had a lot of people call about you. She said, but I told him you already have a job. And she's like, do you want me to kind of start, you know, telling people about like that you're interested? And I'm like, sure. So she told a couple people. I'd had a couple phone calls, um, actually had a couple interviews and I actually got offered three different jobs. Um, yeah. And Ole Miss was one of them. So, you know, Jamie had called Beth when she got the job down here because she's like, you know, Beth is a really respected pitching person in this region and in this conference. So she called her and that's like, hey, I got this guy. He's kind of young. Um, you know, you might think I'm crazy because he's kind of young, but he, he's going to be really good. And, you know, she, Beth just again, we had a great relationship and she's always really helped me and spoke volumes about me. So um, Jamie called me because of Beth and, and me and Jamie hit it off early and I went through a really long interview process with Ole Miss. I'd actually got offered the other two jobs before I got offered the Ole Miss job. This was the one I really wanted, you know, to stay in the SEC and and be close enough to home. My family could come visit me and, and some things like what I wanted. So I uh, wound up after probably about a month, roughly, of interviewing for this job, getting offered this job. And, and it was just a no-brainer. You know, the people that I had spoken to about Jamie and the and about Katie and I knew Katie before, you know, when she was here at Ole Miss as the volunteer coach, um, but, and me being at LSU. So I knew her, knew she was great people, had heard great things about Jamie. She had just came off of taking Minnesota to a world series. So I was just like, this is a great fit for me and something that I want to do. So decided to take it and, and best decision I've made. Now, is there a heated rivalry between LSU and Ole Miss? <laughs> yeah, there's, greatest greatest pass that's what i there's a heated rivalry actually between me katie and jamie period but uh, <laughs> yeah in 2017 they beat us in the championship game for the sec championship so i i walked in here on my first day and there was a life-size painting picture in the office of them with that 17 trophy and i looked at jamie and i said if i'm gonna work here that's gotta go <laughs> i'm like we can win another one and put a different one in here, but I cannot look at that one every day because uh, that was just 
hard, hard moment for me. But we did wind up going to World Series and they didn't. So suck us. But um, <laughs> in, in um, 2018, they came to our place and we played that 19 inning game where freaking Allie Wall, Jasper and Caitlin Lee battled it out for 19 innings and each threw like 400 something pitches. Right. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Sounds like your game last night. <laughs> that was a crazy game. We won on a little blooper over the shortstop's head. Um, and then obviously in 2019, we went to Minnesota for a super regional um, against uh, Minnesota. And when Katie and Jamie were there and they beat us in two games, they go to the World Series. So I've told people in the past, I was like, I don't like them. But now we all work <laughs> together and I love yeah. them and I, and I see they've won. You know, I see why they've been great coaches and been able to win because they are great coaches and they do a great job and, and they're good people. So excellent. Um, We've had a we had a rocky past, but we've gotten over it. <laughs> right on. So, what was it like stepping into an official assistant coaching role? Um, different than sitting on the bucket next to Beth and not having to make all the decisions. I'll tell you that. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I told people. I was telling somebody the other day. I was like, "Yeah, sitting on the the bucket next to good old BT and just telling her what I thought sometimes and whatever was a lot." a lot easier than doing it all yourself, but I enjoyed it, man. You know, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, I came in with a list of like 25, like we're going to do all 25 of these things. And we're going to be really good at pitching. We're going to be great at softball. We're going to win. And then you get in and it's like year one. And it was a big learning curve of like, Hey, we may only get to like five of these things, but we need to do these five things really well. Um, and the kids here just, they just bought into me. We hit it off from the start and they bought in and, you know, they knew that I was someone that really could relate to them and you know, being pretty close to their age. I could relate to them and I'm just, I'm super passionate, you know, about what I do and sure. passionate about hearing about them as more than a, just a softball player and their, you know, ability, uh, athletic ability. So, we just, we created really good relationships, um, you know, between myself and them and as a staff and they worked super hard and bought in and they, they really seen success from it. Awesome. Hey, Rick, I have a question and this is something that Randy and I have spoken of before. It's, sure. uh, in regards to pitch calling. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed the catchers, well, actually everybody in the entire field had some sort of armband or something they were pulling out of their pocket, but sure. so pitch, pitch selection or pitch calling that's done by the bench. Am I not mistaken? Yeah, uh, mostly done from me. So we actually had a we had a, a great uh, senior, uh, super senior veteran catcher. She was actually a six year um, this year in Autumn Gillespie, and she has an amazing mind. So sometimes I would let her call it, you know. And I gave I gave the pitchers and her a ton of like freedom, and like we talked about it a ton and gave me feedback and stuff. But yeah, I call the pitches, and they're kind of like relayed in on that armband. Sure. And how long has that been going on now? Calling pitches from the bench. Oh man, uh, a long time. Has it really? Yeah. yeah. A long time. I just, it's just, and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, there's a couple ways to do it. Right. So some people don't like it cause they're like, Oh, you're not in the game and you don't know. But here's a couple things about it. Are you teaching the kid how to pitch or just be a robot and read the sign and go for it? Like for me, yes, I call the pitches, but we talk about it a lot. We watch film together. We talk about the hitters. We have a plan for the team and the hitters that are on the team. I give them freedom to shake me off and I give them freedom to tell me what they think and the catcher and them to tell me what they think. And if they want to take it at some point, I allow that, Um, you know, so we have a very interactive way of doing it. Some people, it's more like the card will say, throw a curveball for a ball. Like it'll be, it'll say CB curveball for a ball. And it's like, it almost becomes robotic. Right. And the kid like doesn't even understand pitching. Whereas like, we actually work on it a ton in the bullpens and we have really big game plans going into the game because we study a lot of films. So 
I feel like my kids, like, and even in the fall, I allow them, like they call their own game and they call their own pitches um, in the scrimmages in the fall because I want them to know what their best stuff is and how to set up people and what they can get people out with. And I want to watch them. And so, so, so I feel like we do a really good job of it. Um, There's some other places that I feel like it's a more like a robotic video game, but that's man, okay. I, I, well, it's a great explanation. Yeah, I've always you. wanted to know. Like, yeah. that's yeah, that's a fantastic explanation. That you like just from our perspective on the outside looking at it, it uh, I don't like it. I, I won't lie yeah. to you, but I don't. Right. Under, I didn't understand everything that was going on in the background too, like with all the film watching yeah. and all the game talking and what have you. So yeah, it does make a lot more sense. Um, it's just it's just a lot different from what we're used to, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's different from the men's game too. I will tell you, on the juniors, they called a lot of our pitches. Sometimes it would be me and the catcher, you know, as I got older, like uh, late in 2016. But early on, it was very much like controlled by them. But I know it's something that, and it's not something that I'm close to. Like, yeah. if we got a in here who was like, we have a catcher now who I like, I would allow like if the further we go on here year two or three, as my kids learn more about what I expect and what I want them to do, like I would not be closed to the idea of allowing them to do it themselves. Sure. I'm not like a dictator, but when you're talking about your job and putting your job in an 18 year old freshman pitcher and catcher's hands, that is a little, uh, makes you a little nervous, right? But yeah, for we, sure. We, yeah. On of, of video watching and just explaining and talking and we talk every inning kind of you know about the hitters and whatnot if it's not with the pitcher and the catcher or just one or the other so there's there's a lot that goes into it more than just reading the sign off of a card though gotcha pit. okay perfect yeah. thank you good to know um yeah so how do you feel this past season went you guys uh made the regionals uh do you think uh you're building in the right direction right now absolutely absolutely you know uh we got here and um, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, we were picked to finish last in the SEC. Yes. So they picked, they picked us to finish 13 and, you know, where we're at and what we had. And there was a lot of articles and whatnot about the kids that we had here and cultural stuff that happened and us coming in here. And so, you know, we got here and these kids needed a little TLC more than they needed, you know, strict instruction. And we just, we kind of created a culture that we feel good about where it's at right now. And, did a lot of time, you know, developing them and their skill sets and worked really hard and bought into it. And we, we got rolling there. Uh, we didn't start off super hot. You know, we had some rough games. But we got rolling there in the middle of SEC play. And uh, we actually wound up finishing eighth in the SEC. And we were one game away from finishing fifth. If we would have beaten LSU in our Friday night, one nothing ball game in eight innings, we would have finished fifth. So, like, that's how close, you know, we were to, like, to something big and, and to finish eighth was great too. you know, right there in the middle of the pack of the sec is always a one game away from finishing somewhere or not. But I felt good about it. You know, we went into the regional and played well. We, we struggled against Arizona, you know, a team that went all the way to the world series and a very storied program. So you have to tip your hat sometimes, but I feel good about the year. I feel good about, you know, some additions we've made from the transfer portal and recruits that we have coming in as, um, as 21 going to be freshmen. So, um, I feel really good about where we're at right now. Nice. Now, did I read that Anna Borgen's coming back? She is. Yep, she is. So she's coming back for a COVID year. And uh, man, that kid, she's uh, she's great. I just, you know, she hadn't had the, she was a senior this year, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of people know that because she didn't pitch much early on. She didn't really pitch as a freshman or a sophomore. And then COVID year, she was a junior and she threw a little bit more, but she hadn't really had that moment yet. And so this was kind of her, her breakout year. And she just, she's a great kid. She's a do whatever you say, work her butt off kind of kid. And I'm really, really excited to have her back. Sweet. Awesome. Well, 
I, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to be watching Ole Miss to, to see how you guys do. Uh, yeah. um, a little thing we uh, end the podcast with here, Riker. It's called uh, okay. Player Association. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna throw out a name to you, and you can say as much or as little about them as you want. Okay. All right. Uh, first one you touched on him earlier, uh, Coach Tim Lyon. Yeah, uh, great guy. Um, just somebody that, like I said, took a chance on me, and is still someone that I communicate with heavily now. You know, he's uh, doing the 23U team um, and heading up a lot of that stuff, and so we're in communication about a lot of guys. Um, kind of feel like it's my give back to the game a little bit, trying to help young guys get into you know, the college softball world, like get them a, a scholarship and have them help out at a school, whether it's Ole Miss or another SEC or even any kind of program. And we're in touch a lot about that and just trying to get kids, you know, guys back in the game, young guys back in the game. So he's someone I still communicate with heavily and, and really am and thankful for a lot that he did for me. Right on. Uh, next is uh, Beth Tarina. Oh, she has just my heart. I just love her so much. Like I said, she's uh she took a young boy who was a little bit lost and, and helped him make himself into a man. And uh, for that, I am forever grateful for her. Awesome. Uh, next is uh, Carly Hoover. <laughs> I love Carly. She actually I was just talking to her earlier. She was a wild thing, man. She like when I was at LSU, she was it's kind of what made her good. She was a little untamable. Uh, in the game and in the bullpen. And uh, she just was a spark and someone that I'm really happy that I got to know early in my career um, and just be around such an elite level athlete as she is. Like most people don't know, they've never seen her like try to play defense or hit, but she can do that too. Like she's just a freak of an athlete and she's an awesome person, a really fun time. Still somebody that I talk to. She kind of sends me kids names like, Hey, have you seen this kid? You should talk to a recruiter. She still shoots me some video of her. Hey, what do you think about this? You know, she's over playing in Japan, still working on her own skill and stuff. So I love Carly and, and thankful to to call her a friend. Right on. That's a, it's always good when you can have that relationship with, you know, past players. Absolutely. Uh, Last one. Jamie Traxel. Yes. Uh, someone that I am like the same, you know, just, just really grateful. You know, she took a chance on me. Um, she's a great person and a great coach. Uh, she does it the right way. And, you know, like I said, she took a chance on me and gave me an opportunity technically as my first real coaching job, you know, in the sec. And she's just been great to me. She's a great boss. She's super understanding. Um, and she's very, very hardworking. And it is no secret as to why she is successful as she is. Um, and she will be for a long time as long as she decides to do this. And I'm just grateful to, to call her a friend and a boss and to work for someone like her. Excellent. Well, Riker, I got to thank you for coming on, pal. I mean, this is uh, this has been good, you know, getting to hear uh, your whole story about, you know, getting into the game and, and where you are now. And, and I, I think you're going to have amazing success in the future. And uh, I can't wait to, to watch Ole Miss going forward. Absolutely, Randy. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm leaving. I have to say I'm leaving this conversation feeling extra grateful. It's not all the time that you get to talk about your whole process. And I feel like we started right from the beginning to where I'm now. So I'm leaving it feeling extra grateful. So thank you for that. And thank you for having me on. All right. Thanks, pal. Good record. Take care. And best of luck right. to you. See thanks guys. You too. Bye-bye. See ya. All right, man. I want his job. <laughs> I know it, man. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, so awesome. I was really happy that we got that explanation explanation on the on the pitch calling. Me too. I'm not going to tell you. I will, I'm not going to tell you that I still love it. I know. But yeah, but, but he made a good but point it, yeah, about it's a you great know point. it's his job, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of money involved, and yeah. you know 
like you said, relying on an 18 year old. Yeah. So, I mean, I I totally see it from that point, but you know, uh, coming from the men's game, I can't imagine, and being a pitcher myself, I can't imagine somebody. Well, could you imagine? uh, Yeah. Me telling Sandy, no Sandy throw a drop ball. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Like, but I mean, you. <laughs> just di- different culture. I mean, you're right. Yeah, it, yeah it, totally. I love the, the explanation. And it was probably the best question of the whole podcast. And I asked mm. it. So it was great. Yeah. You asked. <laughs> <laughs> right on. But now it's going to be fun to, uh, you know, now that we talked to Riker, you know, watching Old Miss and following. Yeah, exactly. Them. Yeah. 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 going to be fun to watch. Anyway, uh, what do we have going on the go this week? Uh, we got to play again. Yep, you you might actually it. get to play a game. Uh, yeah. I hope I'm not, though. <laughs> I got home last night. My knee was so swollen. <laughs> Today was a pretty bad. From upping. I'm not giving Well, that's a lot of bending down, man. Yeah. My knee's bad. It's bad. I yeah, I know. Right. I know. Yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't make fun of you or anything no. like that. I mean. When you get my age and you're still walking around, you'll be all right, too. <laughs> then we'll the way I'm feeling right now, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're doing fine. Anyway, another week. Uh, all our listeners, keep listening. Keep following us on social media. Go Team Canada. Go Team Canada at the Olympics. And best of luck to everyone else as well. Absolutely. Hopi. Yes, sir. Have a good week. Yeah, you as well. Take care, brother. All right. See ya. Okay, bye-bye. But I don't mind. See, I'm not gonna let me go crazy. Not this time. Stepped out of my house in seven days Heaven shaved, heaven showered, heaven changed Same clothes, different day Another good morning, pissed away Hey, got the whole world looking right at me Actually, feels like people starting to look past me I've been around Feels like this just might be a last dance I'm frustrated, I'm past tense I still don't feel like I has been I don't, but it's like a ghost town up in the studio Nobody comes around here no more I guess it's just how the movie go uh, I don't like playing my old friends' new songs They don't listen to rap like back when They all grew up, kinda moved on And how could I blame them, huh? I used to sleep, eat, and breathe this shit But now the older I get, I'm questioning if I really needed this I used to stress what people said and what people thought about me Now I worry about if my daughter can make it home from school without me But still at the same time as I'm writing this rhyme I'm in my kitchen, my daughter's trying to tell me about a day I hear but not really listening I'm staring at her, but in my head I'm putting these words together I know that I need to do better Cause what I do now could change forever Shadows swimming in my head lately But I don't mind See, I'm not gonna let me go crazy Not this time These days and musically I feel confused Don't know what I'm like in these days I just think it's time to check all the new shit Plus all of the Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family Or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted Well Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902 
402-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.